All right, I want to draw your attention to verse 9 of Proverbs chapter 11. It says, An hypocrite with his mouth destroyeth his neighbor, but through knowledge shall the just be delivered. And uh, I, I read this proverb this week uh, just during my Bible reading. You know, I don't think I've ever heard a message preached on this particular proverb, but I do believe this verse is teaching us a very important lesson that I've been trying to teach, I've been trying to express for a long time. You know, there's just some things you want to make sure everyone gets a hold of. You want to make sure everyone understands. And there's some things that, you know, we learn from experience. There's some things we learn from just direct statements in the Bible. And, you know, and as a pastor, you're, you're always wanting to make sure people get it. You always want to make sure people aren't just following your words, but that they understand, that they get it. And... Uh, a lesson I've been trying to teach people is, you know, just kind of identifying, you know, as I like to call them too, spiritual trainees. I've been talking about preaching a sermon on spiritual trainees. I thought about calling that sermon this, but at the same time too, I, I wanted to avoid the clickbait nut jobs and it just didn't seem completely appropriate. Uh, but that could be kind of a, that's part of what this message is. It's, it's going to cover that. And in case you don't know what that is, I've talked to people a lot about this, but I think you'll understand what a spiritual tranny is or a spiritual drag queen. Um, and, and I hate that we even have to talk about this stuff, but this is the day we're living in, folks. And just like we are all repulsed and we are not fooled by the drag queens, okay, you don't want to be fooled by these hypocrites that we're going to be talking about tonight because they are. They are dangerous and they can destroy us. As an hypocrite with his mouth destroyeth his neighbor. We're going to talk about, we're going to talk about what that means, but... It's amazing, you know, the things that we let fool us. And isn't it funny, too, because in our world that we live in today, the trannies really aren't fooling anybody. You know, everybody knows a dude when they see a dude, no matter how much makeup and all that stuff they put on. There was a, a tranny that tried to infiltrate, that did infiltrate a church. But they did not go in dressed as the, identify, or the gender they identified with. They went in as their real gender. You know why? Because they knew they would not fool them trying to pretend to be the opposite gender. So, I mean, think about just, you know, how even a person who supposedly lives in a delusion where they think they're the opposite sex, when it came time to deceive, they knew, I won't deceive these people. It won't, it won't work. And, and so understand these people are, they're, they're very, you know, the, the kinds we're going to talk about are even more dangerous because sometimes they do fool us. Okay, the trannies out there, they're not really fooling anybody. Okay, you know, they're, they're, uh, we can usually, you can spot them uh, a mile away unless they were able to spend a zillion dollars on surgeries and even then they got to use tons of makeup and all that kind of stuff to convince anybody of anything because it's so obvious. But, uh, but anyway, but a hypocrite, let's focus on this verse. A hypocrite, and the definition is one who feigns to be what he is not. One who has a form of godliness without the power or who assumes an appearance of piety and virtue when he is destitute of true religion. That's the Webster's 1828 definition. And that's a fantastic explanation of what a hypocrite is. Somebody who pretends they're spiritual, but they are not spiritual. They pretend they're righteous, but they are not righteous. They just feign it. They pretend. They put on. It, another definition it has is a dissembler, one who assumes a false appearance. 
That's what a hypocrite is. And remember what Jesus said, beware of the leaven of the Pharisees, which is hypocrisy. And understand, he's referring to their teaching. Too. Their teaching, it was, it, was, it was hypocrisy. And what does that mean exactly? And so, a dissembler is, is uh, one who dissembles, or a hypocrite. One who conceals his opinions or, or dispositions under a false appearance. And so the reason the hypocrite is dangerous is because they say one thing, but they do another thing. And I believe when it's talking about how a hypocrite with his mouth destroyeth his neighbor. Okay, how does a hypocrite who's pretending he's something that he's not, destroy you with his mouth. Obviously, this has to do with his instruction. What they tell you, their instruction that they give you, if you follow the lead of a hypocrite, you're going to get yourself in trouble. You're going to be destroyed. Because what they say does not match up with what they live. And it is very important that what somebody says matches up with what they live. It's very important. And we see both of those things. We see in Matthew 23, verse 2, saying the scribes and Pharisees sit in Moses' seat. All therefore, whatsoever they bid you observe, that observe and do. But do not ye after their works, for they say and do not. For they bind heavy burdens and grievous to be born and lay them on men's shoulders. But they themselves will not move them with one of their fingers. But all their works they do for to be seen of men. They make broad their phylacteries and enlarge the borders of their garments and love the uppermost rooms at feasts and chief seats in the synagogues and greetings in the markets and to be called of men, Rabbi, Rabbi, but be not ye called Rabbi, for one is your master, even Christ, and all ye are brethren. And you know, and I could be wrong on this, but most people, and the way I've always interpreted this, when it says, you know, the scribes and Pharisees sit in Moses' seat all Therefore, whatsoever they bid you observe, that observe and do. You know, that most people would say that Jesus is saying, you know, go ahead and do what they're saying. What they're saying is good. Just don't do after their works. But at the same time, too, the things that he, Jesus said they're telling you to do were not good things. You know, they weren't, God didn't want them binding heavy burdens on them that can't be borne. And I think what he's saying here, basically, is that, you know, you're, this, you're doing whatever they bid you observe. Whatever these people are bidding you observe, you're doing it. But don't you do after their work's sake, because these people are hypocrites. These people that are instructing you, these people that are trying to tell you what to do, they're not doing the things. You're going along and you're doing everything they tell you to do, but at the same time, they're not following it. And you need to watch out for them. They're dangerous. Either way, you don't want to follow the instruction, the advice, the guidance, of a hypocrite, it's a very dangerous thing to follow their lead and instruction. And too many people today are just blindly following people. And it's very dangerous because what if that person's a hypocrite? Politically, you know, in the political world, Republicans just go along with whatever the talking points of whoever the main Republican is. Democrats do the same thing. And in religion, most people are content to just echo whatever their group is saying. And, we, and, and the truth is, we all have an individual responsibility to check up and make sure what we are being told is the truth. And there are some things that we ought to be looking for. There are some things that God has given us that we need to make sure we use. And so even, and so even here, you know, and for example, with a pastor, it's important that you don't just listen to what they say, but you ought to make sure even than listening to me. You ought to make sure 
that they have some fruit or evidence that they are actually living what they say. Okay, it's okay to follow people, but don't just be a blind follower. We see in Hebrews 13.7, says, Remember them which have the rule over you, who have spoken unto you the Word of God, whose faith follow, watch this, considering the end of their conversation. What does that mean? It means you're looking at what they produce. You're looking at their fruit. You're judging their fruit. You're judging them. You better judge people that you're following. You better judge the people that you're listening to. You know, we, you know, shouldn't we judge politicians who are wanting us to vote for them? You know, shouldn't we look and see if they ran a business honestly? If they were honest in other areas where they've held office? Shouldn't we pay attention to their families? I mean, good night. Well, it's not, not Joe Biden's family. <laughs> you know, don't, you know, we should judge these things. This tells us something. These are things that uh, we ought to look at because we're considering the end of their conversation. Hey, if I follow this person, I'm probably going to end up where they're at. So it's okay for you to look down the road and, and see where they're at in their life and say and judge those things. That's just common sense. And it's always important that our walk match up with our talk. If they conflict, it causes confusion. And as a pastor... I shouldn't get up here, you know, even if I'm successful, okay? Even if you look at me and you're like, man, Pastor Tommy, you have done a great job. It would be wrong and it would be hypocritical for me. If somebody came to me and was like, you know, Brother Tommy, you just had your first son get married and he's doing good and your kids seem to be turned out. What are the secrets to your success? Then I'm just like, well, I'll tell you what. We start out every day in our home with an hour of Bible reading and followed up with another hour of prayer. And then followed up with another hour of meditation, you know, and just, and we, and I just go into all these things that just sound great. And then, you know, and here, cause here's what's so bad about that. First off, I don't do that. But second of all, if you all are seeing that I have a good product and then I'm telling you something that I didn't do, and then you go try doing that. And all it does is it makes your kids hate the things of God. It makes them hate reading the Bible. It makes them hate praying. It makes them hate all things spiritual. I didn't do you any favors, did I? I was still a hypocrite, even though I had a good product. Because the you know, reality is, I let my kids get up whenever they want. I let them eat sugar in the morning. I, you know, I'm, 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 my wife's with them most of the time in the morning, so you have to ask her all that stuff. But I think we don't, we don't do that stuff. I think a lot of people think that's all pastors' families do, is sit around and read their Bibles and stuff. And, and, and we don't. We live normal lives. And that's one of the biggest things I wish I could teach people. Just learn how to live a normal life where your home is just not a war zone. You know, that, that's a huge, huge benefit for your kids to be able to just grow up in a happy home. And it's okay to have fun things and to, and to do fun things. There's, there's nothing wrong with that. But So I would be wrong in doing it. And listen, okay, I'm not stupid. Right? I've been around the block. And I grew up in a pastor's home. My dad didn't start out every day with all of us reading the Bible and praying. And we, you know, we didn't do all that stuff. We didn't even do devotions every night. You know, we didn't, we didn't, and I, I used to listen to preachers just get up and sometimes I knew their kids and they would, they would get up and talk like their family was just, they did nothing but spiritual stuff and that they plucked harps all day and sang songs together and six part harmony and stuff. And it's like, I don't No, I, I know you don't do that. I, I know your kids. I listen to the stuff they talk about. They're more carnal than our family is. You know, they, it's like. 
in our family, you know, we had we had television, and we, you know, there were things we watched. We didn't have like, cable and stuff like that, but we watched we watched movies and things. You have these other pastors talking like they have no TV in their house, but then you talk to their kids, and they're always talking about all these movies I never saw. I wasn't allowed to watch. I mean, just way more carnal than we were. Yet, if you listen to my dad preach and you listen to their dad preach, you'd be like, wow, their dad is the hardcore one. Their dad's the real spiritual one. And it was just like, no, this is fake. This isn't real. And I'm telling you, a lot of these people that go around talking all strict and everything, half the time they're not telling the truth. And let me tell you something. the one, And sometimes they are. Sometimes preachers get up. I start out every day with a good old-fashioned spanking for my kids, and then I, you know, make them read the Bible. You know, and they, they're just all strict, hardcore, everything. And it's true. They are like that. And you know what their kids do? They jump ship as soon as they are able to. Every single time. I've seen it over and over again. Because the reality is, these people are hypocrites. They're, they're, what they're doing, what they're saying, it doesn't add up. Listen, you can read your Bible an hour every morning and it's not going to turn you into a spiritual person. If you are a miserable wretch, if you are some woman who's just a sour old gossip and just always backbiting people, I don't care if you read your Bible every morning. You still stink. You still have a rotten attitude. Your kids are going to grow up hating the things of God, hating the people of God because you are a miserable gossip. And go ahead and read your Bible an hour every morning. You can still read your Bible an hour every morning and be a miserable gossip. And, it, and it, that kind of thing will spread to your kids And it's not good. And so, back to this. So the thing is, you know, be careful following the lead of someone when you're not in any position to examine their fruit. And in our internet world today, you have people too who that's all they follow. Is they, I mean, they blindly follow people on the internet who say things that sound good. Especially, and, and typically the ones who get the attention are the ones who are the most extreme. Okay? They're the ones who are the most extreme, the most flamboyant, the most outrageous, kind of like drag queens and stuff. And you know, they're the ones that people are all noticing. But the reality is, they're, they very well could be hypocrites. Yeah, but listen to how eloquent they are. Look at how well they laid this out. They even use some scripture. Yeah, but are they actually living it? It's so important that you look at, listen to what they say, match it up with the scriptures, but also look at how they live if you're going to follow them. And if you're not in any position to examine someone's fruit, think about guys like Bill Gothard who preached on the family and he had no family. I mean, he didn't have a wife. He didn't have any kids. And you know, well, what he says sounds really good. Well, it might be, but he might be a hypocrite. And I don't know, it kind of sounds like he probably was. You know, and I'm telling you, you've got to watch out for that kind of thing. you got all, you know, you have these TV figures too. You know, you've got your, uh, who was it, Rosie O'Donnell too, who would like give advice. First off, she's a lesbian. Second, she had the kid that ran away from home. I mean, she had, her family was a wreck. I mean, and what do you expect? But yet, because she was famous, because she had a big platform, people would listen to her. They would pay attention to what she had to say. And that's just, that's very foolish. And so, back to this verse in Proverbs. Okay? The hypocrite with his mouth destroying people. He's destroying people because he's telling them things that are wrong and leading them astray. He's destroying them with his mouth. His instruction is bad. But notice that it says, but through knowledge, the just shall be delivered. 
Knowledge means you actually know what's going on. You actually understand the situation. You're not just blindly following a hypocrite. No, the things that you're doing, you're doing with knowledge. You actually understand what's going on. And because of that, you're going to be delivered. You're going to be fine. And so when you hear preaching and teaching, it's important that you understand it and that you know why you are doing what you are doing. And it might take a little time, especially when somebody's a newer Christian. A lot of times they hear a lot of instruction and they come into a church and they're just ready to change everything in their life. And that's wonderful. That's wonderful. But you know what? Before you get too invested, you know what? Examine the fruit. Check up on these people. Come in, watch, observe, pay attention, use some wisdom. This is just, this is common sense. Make sure you do this. Uh, Many people, they just listen and they don't ask questions and then they wonder why everything falls apart. And it's probably because maybe you're blindly following somebody that's a hypocrite. So how can we avoid being destroyed by this hypocrite? So turn over to Matthew chapter 7. Turn Matthew chapter 7. So just a few things I want to give you. I don't even expect, I don't expect this to be a long sermon tonight, but you never know. Right, you never know. I'm not going to promise anything, but this is one of these messages I think will be short, but we'll see what happens. But first off, be willing to listen, but don't be afraid to examine the fruit. Everyone ought to do it. You ought to listen. Whenever any, you know, you, when it comes to my preaching, you ought to have a heart and mind ready to listen, but examine the fruit. We have another preacher come in. You know what? Have an attitude. I'm ready to listen. I'm ready to receive what you, what you give. Give people the benefit of the doubt. We're going to have a guest speaker pretty soon. Your attitude should not, shouldn't be, I'm going to wait and find the heresy. I'm going to find him. No, your attitude ought to be, hey, this is probably a good guy. He's probably going to preach the truth. But I'm going to listen. But I am going to follow along in the scriptures. And I am going to check the fruit. You know, I'm going to watch. You know, I don't know what he's going to preach about, but it's, you know, assuming if he preached about family or something like that, you know, you ought to pay attention. You know, you ought, you ought to watch. You ought to observe before you just go and change everything in your life. you got so many people, and a lot of times it's, you know, bless their hearts, they're in a bad situation, they're, you know, things are not going well in their family, and so they're just ready to find answers. And so they go to some seminar somewhere, and they just hear them say a few things, and they just go run home, and they try to just turn everything on its head in their home. And it just confuses the kids, it confuses... You know, one of the biggest things, too, you know, I'm all for ladies' conferences and things like that. You know, I let my, my, my wife went to one yesterday. I'm all for it, but, you know, my wife's also level-headed. Uh, but at the same time, you want to know what causes a lot of fights in marriages or ladies conferences because they they go to these things and they hear instruction from some lady this is how you can be a good wife you need to do this and this and this and this and then they go home and then they do everything that woman said but it's not what their husband likes and it's like why aren't you responding the way that the you know and you know we don't just you know you're not supposed to just take everything they say and just blindly follow it. No, you should listen to what they have to say and then think about your husband. How will that work for your husband? You know, and I can't think of any good examples right now, but you know, like if my wife went to some ladies thing and it's just like, you know, the thing that always makes my husband happy is I just make him a nice lasagna 
And it always just puts him in a good mood. And then, you know, my wife hears that and she's like, oh. And then she comes home and, and, you know, I come home one night and she made me a nice lasagna, which would make me in a very bad mood. And then she gets mad at me like I did something wrong. And it's like, I don't, I, I hate lasagna. You know, you don't, you don't make a lasagna, you get it in my heart. And it's like women, they go to these conferences and they think their husband is going to be exactly like the husband of the woman who is speaking the conference. And that's not how it works. Okay. You take, you listen and you take what you think you need for your situation. Your kids are not my kids. You can listen to what I do with my kids, but you should also think and translate that into, okay, well, how will that work with my kids? Because everybody's kids are different. Everyone's family is different. And it's amazing how many people, they listen to preaching, they listen to teaching, and then they just go and they blindly follow it as if their home is my home. That's not, that's not how this stuff works. And I never got to the Scriptures, kind of chasing rabbits. But look at what it says in Matthew 7, verse 16. Ye shall know them by their fruits. Do men gather grapes of thorns or figs of thistles? Even so, every good tree bringeth forth good fruit, but a corrupt tree bringeth forth evil fruit. A good tree cannot bring forth evil fruit, neither can a corrupt tree bring forth good fruit. Every tree that bringeth not forth fruit is hewn down and cast into the fire. Wherefore, by their fruits ye shall know them. And you need to understand, this principle applies to more than just salvation. This applies to more than just what someone teaches about salvation. This is across the board. Okay? When it, this is, this is when it comes to somebody's fruit and their business. Okay? If somebody is failing in every business, you know, they probably have bad business principles. Maybe it's a bad work ethic. You know, maybe it's bad practices. Whatever. But they're, they're obviously doing something wrong. If somebody has a rotten family, it's probably because they're doing something wrong. Something they're doing is not working. And what we should all do with everybody is we should always be examining the fruit. Okay? Not so we can go and sit around and talk about these people in judgment in a negative way. But no, so we can internalize these things. And God, you know, we experience is experience for a reason. Experience comes from not just judging our own situation, judging other people's situation. I was taught it's best to learn from other people's mistakes than to learn from your own mistakes. Let other people make all the mistakes. And let me tell you, there's a lot of other people. They've already raised kids. They've already had long marriages. They've already done all these things. Go learn from the ones who did it right and follow, follow their lead and go ahead and judge their fruit. So be willing to, li- be willing to listen, but always be watching the fruit. Always be checking the fruit. If you hear from somebody... You know, maybe you come across a YouTube video and, man, that sounded really good, but you can't examine their fruit. Well, file that away in your head somewhere. That sounded pretty good. I wonder if I can find somebody who's actually produced something, and I wonder if they agree with that. You know, again, we're always listening to what people say, but we're checking the fruit because hypocrites, things never work, things, things are never balanced with hypocrites because it's fake. We don't want to fall for fake stuff. If something doesn't add up or make sense, we aren't required to ignore that. I know we live in America and we're supposed to just believe everything they tell us, but you know, when two and two, you know, it equals four, we can figure that out. You know, when the Palestinians, you know, got raided in April and at the Al-Aqsa Mosque, which I thought was going to start a war, but nothing happened for several months until Biden 
gives Iran $6 billion and then all of a sudden happens, I can't help but think that that was really... And then they go and respond, they do an attack in response to the raid on the Al-Aqsa Mosque. I can't help but look at those things and say, it seems like we might have contributed to this war getting started in Israel. Uh, you advance conspiracy theories? I don't know. I'm just kind of adding things up. And it kind of, it, you know, it kind of makes sense. And it's amazing. We're just told not to look. We're, we're, we're always told not to judge fruit. That's the part of the don't judge mentality. No, we have to judge. We are supposed to judge. And when things don't add up, okay, something's wrong. And when things do add up, it's probably because something's right. And it says in uh, Luke 13, 14, and the ruler of the synagogue answered with indignation because that Jesus had healed on the Sabbath day and said unto the people, there are six days in which men ought to work. And in, in them, therefore, come and be healed. And not on the Sabbath day. The Lord then answered him and said, thou hypocrite. Hey, hey, these people, they were just being hardcore about the Sabbath. What's wrong with being hardcore about remembering the Sabbath day? Here's what was wrong with it. What they, while they were talking big, you have six days you could do all this stuff. Don't do these things on the Sabbath day. Jesus calls them out for their hypocrisy because, look at the Lord answered them, the hypocrite, doth not each one of you on the Sabbath loose his ox or his ass from the stall and lead him away to watering? And ought not this woman, being the daughter of Abraham, whom Satan hath bound, lo, these 18 years, be loosed from this bond on the Sabbath day? And when he had said these things, all his adversaries were ashamed and all the people rejoiced for all the glorious things that were done by him. These people's rule that they had that you can't heal somebody on the Sabbath day was hypocrisy. It didn't add up. It didn't make sense that they would say Jesus can't loose this woman from an infirmity when they literally loose their ox and ass every day so it can go get water. And let me tell you, there was nothing wrong with them loosing their ox and ass every day because you don't want your animals going a day without water. You know, it, it was just, it was common sense. It was common sense. Obviously, God didn't want them working on the Sabbath day, but God did not want them neglecting things that would create more work for the other six days. And that's why if your ox fell in a pit, God had no problem with people getting that ox out. If they wait a day, that thing might die in that pit and their lives just got much more difficult. So again, it was about just, you know, it was, it was common sense was to be exodus. I believe in going to church. But you know what? If a lady's pregnant and goes into labor, I think she should skip church. I think her husband should skip church too and be with her. And I hate saying that too because I'm always looking for a reason to get out of there, you know, when my wife's having a baby. But at the same time, you know, hey, I believe church is a priority. But you know, there's some things that only you can do. And husbands, you need to be there with your wife. And ladies, we don't want anybody having a baby during church. That's not going to help the service out very much. So, it's, com it's common sense. So again, be willing to listen. But get, if people, if, if somebody gets up and they're all hardcore, I mean, they're all over the top on something, and there's no consistency... You know, but then they're super weak in these other areas. It's probably because they're a hypocrite. It's probably because they're not really telling you the truth. And it's okay for you to just sit back and say, okay, you know what? I might not be real quick to get on board with this. Because this isn't making sense. This isn't adding up. 
you know, Pastor Tom, you've given us your schedule of reading the Bible an hour in the morning and then praying an hour and do all the, you know, you've given us all these things. You know, you go soul six hours a day. You know, you study 12 hours a day. You know, and you'll, this isn't adding up. The amount of work you're saying you do and, you know, adds 26 hours in a day with no sleeping and there's only 24 hours. In I don't think you're telling the truth. I know some preachers, I, I know one preacher in particular, I'm not, I'm not going to name him today, but I thought about, I, I would never do this because it would take too much time, but this preacher tells so many stories about himself. I've, I've literally thought about writing a book, chronicling all the things that he has said about his life, you know, with the years and months, and just try adding all these things up. This guy's lived like seven lifetimes. It's like, dude, I think your stories are getting exaggerated and getting better and better all the time. And, uh, you know, it's... I, I actually started at one time because I had read a book that he wrote and I like literally took notes of that and I had listened to a sermon where he was talking about these things and these things weren't adding up. I mean, this guy had spent, I forgot how long in prison, he had done all these other things and yet he was married at like 19 too. And I'm like, how did you have time to do all that? It just didn't add up. And you know what? I thought, hypocrite. And this guy was one of the most over-the-top preachers you'd ever hear too. I mean, he went to the extreme on everything and I'm, it's just, I always enjoyed listening to him because it was entertaining. Now my wife knows what I'm talking about. But I never really knew if, I, I always knew, don't follow everything this guy says. <laughs> because I think he might be a hypocrite. And I, and I think he's a hypocrite. But anyway, another thing, turn, turn over to 1 Samuel chapter 21. So, examine the fruit. And listen, just run from the spiritual trannies or the spiritual drag queens. Okay? And think, and, what, what are those? Okay, And I don't want to be too descriptive, but the, the drag queens especially, okay, these are, those guys, they don't just try to blend in with normal women. Okay? There, and even a, even a sodomite will tell you there is a vast difference between your average ordinary lady that's out there today and the drag queen. Okay? Because drag queens typically do the most extreme hair, the most extreme makeup, the most extreme other things. They overly enhance certain parts of the body and things like that. Why do they do that? Because they're not the real thing. And so they, are, they, they have to do over-the-top things to try to persuade. Okay? If some dude wants to pretend to be a woman, he's going to have to wear a lot of makeup. A whole lot of makeup. And that's why drag queens wear a whole lot of makeup. And you know what? It's not natural. None of these people look natural. None of them look like actual, normal, everyday women. Okay? Not, not the drag queen types. And even all just your regular tranny types or whatever. They don't just try to blend in. You can spot them a mile away. And it's the same thing too in the spiritual world. You have these people, because they're not really spiritual, they will take a certain aspect of spirituality and they will go crazy over the top with it. I just saw a whole bunch of, an example of these yesterday, I was watching um, out uh, where we had the uh, track and the football field the other day, uh, the Amish, uh, they rented that out and were playing football together, okay? They go over the top on the old-fashioned, old school. It's like, is it really necessary to go that far in the clothing? But, you know, they do, they have that form of godliness in that one area. Some of them people are pretty mean. I remember when we first came out here, we were out sewing, and I knocked on the door of one of them, and she was sitting there. She was sitting there smoking a cigarette. I was like, I, I didn't think Amish smoked. 
That doesn't seem consistent with their holy lives and things they live. And then I notice the ones out here, too, they're all on cell phones all the time, too. All the Amish women are always on their cell phones. And it's just like, you liberal. You know, if you're going to go Amish, you should be full horse and buggy the whole nine yards. And they all drive cars, but it's okay because they're all black. They only drive black vehicles. They have to drive black vehicles. I, I don't understand why that is. You know, this is, kind of seem, this is kind of starting to seem stupid. This is a little over the top. Bless your hearts. Bless your hearts. You know what? I'm glad you're using some technology and things, but it's just like, you know, if you're going to be Amish, be the full package. Or just dump it. Do you, do you really need to look like you're from the 1800s? Is that really necessary? Uh, I, I'm, these, these things just aren't adding up. And you know what? It's, it's not necessary. We see in 1 Samuel 21.11, And the servants of H said unto him, Is not this David the king of the land? Did they not sing one to another of him in dances, saying, Saul has slain his thousands, and David his ten thousands? And David laid up these words in his heart, and was sore afraid of Achish, the king of Gath. And he changed his behavior before them, and feigned himself, mad in their hands, and scrabbled on the doors of the gate, and let his spittle fall down upon his beard. Then said Achish unto his servants, Lo, see, the man is mad. Wherefore then have you brought him to me? Have I need of a madman that you have brought this fellow to play mad in my presence? Shall this fellow come into my house? And so here in the story, David actually succeeded in feigning himself to be something that he wasn't. He pretended to be a madman. He pretended to be a crazy man. And he went all out. He's like foaming at the mouth and got spittle going down his beard and everything. Creeped everyone out. The king's just like, get this guy out of here. You know, he actually succeeded in that area. But understand, there's a lot of people, they're faking the spiritual, spirituality. They're faking being that hardcore, independent, fundamental Baptist. You know, whenever people come in, when people just come walking into church, just shouting their spirituality. I walked in, I remember I was at a service one time, it was, it was at a, a conference we were at, and I, I don't, I, to this day, I don't know who this guy was, but I remember I had him marked, I was like, this dude's a weirdo. He came walking in the service, the lady's playing the piano, and you know, got the music, and he just comes walking in and just gets right to the middle of the auditorium, and it's just like, Highland! Just right there. And like, nothing happened. Nobody said anything. He just, and he was like over the top like that throughout the service. Typically, when you go to a conference, you go to a meeting, the guy that's being the craziest in the meeting is going to be the first one to flop out. There's, uh, in fact, I, I won't mention, there's one church I, I've been to many meetings at. I only one time have ever seen anybody run a glory lap in that service. One time I watched a guy run a glory lap. It's not real common in that church. But I saw a guy run a glory lap, and you know what? That guy is out of church, out of ministry. I mean, just a, a, just he, he's abandoned it all. But he was the guy running the glory lap during the service. And that's just typically how it is. That one that just can't keep it balanced, that one that's just got to go over the top. Hey, I think, there's some, I think there's some real people, real sincere people that run glory laps. But at the same time, too, you know what? I hope they've got a life that matches up with their service behavior, uh, the church service behavior that they have. But a lot of them don't. They're trying to put on. So you know what they do? They do the most notable things. The most noticeable things about somebody, that's the things that they are going to overly accentuate. They're going to come into churches like ours. Okay, The way that they're going to come into churches like ours they're going to come into ours and they're going to be talking all big and bad about soul winning, about reprobates, about the Jews or whatever. And when they just come in, that's just first thing out of their mouth and they're just being over the top. 
And that, and that's the thing with these people too. They're not capable to just be normal. Obviously, we have a position on the Jews that's not mainstream. Okay? It's not mainstream. But when somebody comes in and then they're just, you know, thank God for Hitler or something like that, that's a fake. That's a bad person. That person is going over the top because they're not the real thing. Did you know you can be against someone's religion and not want them all to die? You know, it's possible to do that. You know, it's possible you can withstand. I mean, the Apostle Paul, he said things about the Jews that get me in trouble all the time. But there was no doubt he was also he was also able to say, my heart's desire and prayer to God for Israel is that they might be saved. He also said, I could wish it myself were accursed for my people. And just like Paul was very zealous in his rhetoric against Israel's beliefs, against their behavior, he was also very zealous equally in his love for them too. So understand too, you know, we might want to, I'm all for you saying the same thing that, same things that Paul did, but you know, it's not really that meaningful if you don't have the same love. Paul had a balance in his life. Paul wasn't going over the top on these things. And unfortunately, you do. When, when these people come in just condemning everything, you know, when they're wanting to buy... You know, I hate Calvinism, but if somebody comes in here and the first thing they want to do is, you know, bring in a John MacArthur pinata or something, it's just like, you know, that's, that's pushing it. I mean, you know, hey, we can, we can hate Calvinism without just doing weird stuff. You know, I mean, it's just, come on, you know, we, we can be against the sodomites and all that stuff without, you know, you coming and wearing some, you know, offensive shirt or something, you know, you know, just, I mean, no, I don't really, I don't think we need to have a fag flag rug that we wipe our feet on and spit on before we walk into the service. You know, we don't need to do that kind of stuff. And if you feel the need to do that, I think you're just trying to show us, you're trying to prove something to us. And I'm telling you, more than once, more than twice, more than thrice, have I come across people who online, on social media, they say the most outrageous, extreme things against the sodomites that even make me cringe sometimes. And then you find out these people have all kinds of sexual perversion in their own life. It's like, why is that? They're, they're, they're feigning. They're feigning. And so they typically take it too far. Okay? That weirdo Dylan freak that was on the beer can. You know, why does he act like a giddy little girl? Because he's trying to act like a woman. And, you know, and so, you know, guys, if we try to act like women, I'm not going to do an imitation because it's going to go online. I don't want to get embarrassed later. But, you know, we typically talk with overly high voices and we act all weird and limp-wristy and all that kind of stuff. Not going to do a demonstration. Okay? But yet, do most of the ladies in the church, do they actually act that way? No, but when we go to pretend, we do the most extreme version of something and act like a little girl or something like that. And because, again, it's, it's feigning. It's fake. And that's why, too, the phonies, the hypocrites, they, when, when they come into churches just talking extreme about these things, it's because it's fake. Even some preachers, when they get up and they preach on something, when they preach on the Jews, they just take it a little too far. You know why? Because it's fake. Even when they preach in the Sodomites, they'll go a little too far. You know why? Because it's fake. They don't know how to strike any kind of balance because 
It's not real. They're a spiritual drag queen. They're a spiritual tranny. We got to watch out. You got to watch out for those people. You need to run from, and I hate to use this term, but I can justify it because it's in the Bible. Amen, right? No, but like, you know, what, what do they call them? Attention whores? They're out there. You got to watch out for people who are just desperate for attention. We don't know that what they're saying is out of conviction. Listen, there are some people out there that say extreme things because they are extreme characters. That's their personality. But then you have other people that say extreme things to get attention. And those are the attention harlots. Is that better? I don't know. You know, those, you know, they're, they're, you gotta watch out for those people. They are not someone that you should follow. It says in 2 Timothy 3, 1, we were warned about these people. This know also that in the last time, last days there should be perilous times. For men shall be lovers of their own selves. Covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, without natural affection, truth breakers, false accusers, incontinent, fierce despisers of those that are good, traitors, heady, high-minded, lovers of pleasures more than lovers of God, having a form of godliness, that's that hypocrisy, but denying the power thereof, from such turn away. For of this sort are they which creep into houses and lead captive silly women uh, laden, away, laden with sins, led away with divers' lust. And it's easier for them to creep into houses today because we have things like the internet. But the Bible says to turn away from these people. These people, they have, they have a form of godliness. And so when you call them out, oh, you're just against my you know, hardcore position on the King James Bible. That's like the Ruckmanites. The Ruckmanites, isn't it interesting how they go too far on some of the King James things? It's more inspired than the originals. You just showed yourself you went a little too far. How did you know that person was a tranny? They just overly did certain features that was not natural. And that's what these Ruckmanites do with some of the King James stuff. It's what some of these people do with a lot of different doctrines. They take it too far because it's fake. It's not the real thing. And, and they do, and so they do, and what they'll do, you know, when you criticize a Ruckmanite or something, oh, you're just against those standing for the King James Bible. No, I'm against hypocrisy i'm against fakes and then they'll you know just try to make you to be a liberal because you're just actually being a normal human being you're in and uh we got to watch out and again the transgender crowd they can't just blend in with the sex or gender they identify with because it isn't about them just being confused on their gender they're seeking for attention which is why they do the blue hair you know, which is why. Why is it that disgusting soccer player that got real famous? Isn't it interesting how you just looked at her and immediately knew what she was? I mean, immediately. And they showed her on everything. I was trying to watch some of the Olympics, but, you know, I didn't want to pay for the cable and all that. And there was like these free app things. And it seemed like everything I was seeing on there where you could watch some of the stuff, it was all stuff about her and just other homo stuff. And I was like... They just kept showing her for everything. And why? If she would have looked like a normal woman, she would not have been famous. Even if she was, a, you know, I don't even know if she was a good soccer player. Never, but she, they, they liked her because you could just look at her and it just represented perversion. And how? How did you know just by looking? That haircut and the pink or whatever different color hair that she had. That, that was what, that, that's what it signaled. 
Why can't she just look like a normal woman? Why can't she look like the rest of the team? Because they're about attention. And let me tell you, that's how it is for these these spiritual harlots that are out there, these spiritual attention whores that are out there. They can't just be normal. They've got to do something to really stand out and make sure everybody sees them. And so they do. They they go overboard on certain doctrines. And you know what? You are not required to follow those people. You are not required to listen to what they say. In fact, you're foolish if you do listen. And so you need the third thing you need to do to make sure you don't aren't destroyed by these people is take time to learn. Proverbs one one, the Proverbs of Solomon, the son of David, the king of Israel, to know wisdom and instruction, to perceive the words of understanding, to receive the instruction of wisdom, justice, and judgment and equity, to give subtlety to the simple, to the young man knowledge and discretion. A wise man will hear and will increase in learning. And a man of understanding shall attain unto wise counsels to understand a proverb and the interpretation of the words of the wise and their dark sayings. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. But fools despise wisdom and instruction. And so nobody starts out wise. None of us start out wise. We all start out simple. But a wise man will not love their simplicity. They will, at a young age, they will start paying attention. And that's what he's calling for here in Psalms chapter or Proverbs chapter one, on the young man to seek wisdom, to start looking. And let me tell you, start observing at a young age. Kids, pay attention at a young age. Watch how other parents raise their kids. Watch how other kids turn out. Pay attention to people older than you, because you know what? Pay attention to other teenagers. You're going to be a teenager one of these days. And if you see teenagers do stupid stuff that gets them in trouble, you know what you ought to do? You ought to look and say, I'm not going to be like that teenager when I get older. One of the biggest, best lessons I ever learned as a young teenager is I noticed all the other teenagers that were a little bit older than me getting girlfriends and never having any fun as a result of it because they were always worried about the girl. I'd go to camps and stuff and they were always wanting to hang around with the girl and they, they never had any fun. And then they'd always break up and their hearts would get broken. I'm like, this is stupid. What is the point of having a girlfriend in your teenage years, you're not allowed to do anything. We're not allowed to touch or anything. And all it does is it creates drama. I can't have any fun because i got to worry about what this girl thinks and she's going to be mad and wants me to spend all her time with her. You know, I'm going to enjoy my teenage years. And then when I'm old enough to actually enjoy a woman the way God intended, then I'll seek after a woman. And I did... I had, I, you know what? My, I remember praying at camp as a teenager after watching a bunch of kids, some, one of my friends too, find a girlfriend that week, fall in love, you can't have any fun, break up that week, devastated his life was over. I remember going and praying and I said, Lord, please let my first girlfriend be my wife. I do not want to do this stuff. This is foolish. I remember praying that prayer and the only girlfriend I ever had was my wife. That's it. The Lord bless me there. And I, I'm, I'm thankful for that. But I, I, that was my desire from a young age. And that was because I observed the ones a little bit older than me. And I was like, I'm not going to do that. These guys aren't having any fun. And you know what? You ought to enjoy your teenage years. And you're going to enjoy it. Guys, you're going to enjoy your teenage years a lot more if you don't have a girlfriend. I promise you. I promise you. And girls, same thing. Come on. That, that guy... Teenage guys are just stupid. They have no brains. There is absolutely nothing good that they can do for you. 
just don't even worry about it. Good night. Just, yeah, you'll, you'll, you'll get a husband when you're ready to get a husband. But wait till you're ready to get a husband. You don't, you don't need a boyfriend. Uh, you know, girls, it's just, it's an absolute waste of time. So start observing at a young age. Have the wisdom to hold your tongue until you actually know something. Oh man, we, we all could learn that. Study the scriptures yourself and force people to properly and consistently apply the scriptures. Everyone needs to do that. Somebody's not using the scriptures right, you don't have to listen to them. If I'm up here using verses out of context to try to get you to do something, you don't have to do it. And I'm amazed at the bad preaching I've heard at mangling of the scriptures, twisting of the scriptures, and then people just blindly follow. It's like, really? He got you to do that with that scripture? What in the world? Are you even reading the scripture yourself? Maybe the preacher just made a mistake. Maybe he is just an, maybe he is an idiot. But do you have to be one too? You're allowed to check up what's said, or with what's, you know, what, whenever you hear a preacher, you're allowed to check it up with the scriptures. It's, it's wise to do that. And listen, you can't possibly force people to properly apply the scriptures if you're not familiar with the scriptures yourself. That's why you know what you need to do? You need to get to work now. You need to start reading the Bible now. You need to start educating yourself now. You are allowed to use your God-given senses and instincts. And when you hear and you see things that don't add up or make sense, you are not required to follow it. And there are deceivers out there, but always give it time. Their folly will be manifest. Ever, 2 Timothy 3, 7, ever learning. We read up to verse 6, and then verse 7 says, ever learning and never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. Now as Janus and Jambres withstood Moses, so do these resist the truth. Men of corrupt minds reprobate concerning the faith, but they shall proceed no further, for their folly shall be manifest unto all men as theirs also was. These are the lovers of themselves. These are the people that are all about pay attention to me that, they, that we were warned about in chapter 3. Their folly will be made manifest. You know what? Their fruit will be revealed. And so, use your God-given senses. Use your instincts and require people to be balanced in what they do. Not over the top. If all of a sudden I come walking into church next week and I'm wearing a suit like this and you just see these bulging going on in, you know, in, in my sleeve like I have these huge biceps. And I try to tell you, I just really worked hard in the gym this week. You don't believe that's fake. I, I, I added something in there to make it look like I have biceps bigger than what I actually do. That's fake. You don't get biceps like that in a week. Okay? That, that, that doesn't happen. And you don't have to pretend you believe it. You, just, you should look at me like a weirdo and like something's wrong. Because it's not real. And when people are pretending to do something that just doesn't add up, makes sense, not, can't possibly work, you don't have to believe it. You don't have to follow that. So with that, let's pray. Dear Lord, I pray this message was helped everybody. I pray it help all of us to uh, learn to pay attention, to learn how to properly judge these things, how to examine fruit. And I pray we will not be led astray. We will not be destroyed by hypocrites with their mouth that will uh, have knowledge ourselves and that you will deliver us and help us to uh, make wise decisions. In your name we pray. Amen.